My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I want to be an example of how you can help others and still achieve your dreams as, as well. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with property expert and business management consultant Nero Thambi Pillay. He will reveal how he has built up his portfolio over the years as well as discuss his ultimate strategy not only for himself but also for his own clients. Thambi Pillay discusses his strategy when it comes to property investment. I think the fundamental strategy I use is you first need to get clear on what it is you want to achieve. I see so many people saying, you know, ask me, look, Nero, is this a good area to buy in? And I'm like, I have no idea. Tell me why you want to buy it. And I think that's the key thing is ultimately a property is simply a vehicle to help you achieve your financial goals. And so you really need to be clear on what your goals are. You need to be clear on your personal circumstances, you know, and then it comes down to finding the right property accordingly. So, you know, for, for me, as I said, you know, doing a renovation deal, really dumb idea, but that doesn't mean it won't work for others. At the same time, you know, buying a property uh, that's, a really growth-focused property and maybe compromising on some cash flow may be a good strategy for someone who's got a high income, stable in their jobs and happy to ride that wave. Whereas for others, they need a bit more of a mix. They need some, yes, good capital growth. I think you always need that, but they do need a better rental return as well. And so really getting clear on someone's starting point and end point makes it so much easier to map out the right strategy individually. Thambi Pillay evidently had to start with a goal. We find out what was his dream that he wanted to achieve. Really for me at the time, I wanted to build a portfolio of property so that I could come back and you know buy my home in Sydney where I live and I didn't want to have a massive mortgage, right? You know, so I wanted to invest. I wanted the properties to yes, be in what I thought would be good growth locations, but also I understood at the time that if I kept buying properties that were had a huge negative cash flow, I couldn't afford to have a huge portfolio from month to month basis. And I figured that eventually a bank would say no to me. So I really focus on getting that mix right, focusing on good cash flow plus capital growth. Sometimes I do a good growth property, but then I go and get a more positive cash flow property. Sometimes I look at a property that had a bit of both and sort of building that up. So therefore, I was able to keep moving forwards without kind of, you know, falling, I guess, victim to you know, banks changing criteria or anything of, of that nature. He shares the type of properties he acquired in his portfolio and how he balanced having multiple at the one time. 
I have a personal preference for houses. That's something I look at. And I think especially with a lot of the stuff that we've seen recently, that's obviously been a a much uh, lower risk strategy. So I definitely focus on houses because I think that they're always going to be in a bit of undersupply in, in the right areas. And then really, I guess, I look at, okay, well, what's the market like? What's the rental returns like? What's the vacancy factor like? Okay, you know, how, how is this property going to help me versus, you know, maybe some, some other properties? What am I comfortable buying? I mean, just for example, if I've got a borrowing capacity of a million dollars, doesn't mean I want to go and buy something for a million dollars. I think, you know, I'd probably look at something for six or $700,000 to keep more borrowing capacity in the tank for future investments and sort of really just take a very low risk approach. I've, I've done high risk stuff like, you know, buy, renovate, sell and whatever else. And it really burned me. So I'm very low risk now in, in what I do. But I think ultimately, if you can focus on minimizing risks and mitigating the, the risks, the upside takes care of itself. He goes on to explain how his strategy consists of buy and hold to ensure that he can ultimately let it pay itself off. You know, I mean, sometimes I, I will, you know, look at, okay, is, is this a bigger block of land? Could I maybe, you know, subdivide, uh, create a chunk of chain um, to maybe pay down some debt faster or use as a deposit for, for another property? So it is about sort of understanding where you're at, what your borrowing capacity will mean after you buy a particular property. I think I see so many people not realize that they think, oh, I've got a borrowing capacity of 750 grand, I'm going to buy something for 750 grand. But they, they, they don't realize that that means that they're done. You know, what is that going to mean for, for the next investment, especially if they want to build a portfolio? And so I'm well aware of that. And I'd always speak to my broking team about, well, if I buy this for me, what is that going to mean for the future? Thambi Palade talks about other types of investments he jumped into, such as property developments. I guess in the last three to five years, it's been very much a case of just buy and, and hold. That's my preferred strategy because you know it does involve a lot of work and I prefer analyzing markets. So that's really what I've been um, looking for, Tyrone. It's just good opportunities, uh, get them at a, at, a, at a good price and then let the market do the work for me. Whilst managing his property portfolio, Thambi Palade also has his clients to attend to. Someone will, will come through to me after maybe, you know, seeing a post on social media or a video on YouTube and they're really looking for, when I guess, guidance about how to achieve their goals. A lot of them not really even clear on what they want to achieve because they don't know what they can achieve. And then they're looking for, look, you know, well, can I and my team actually help them find the right properties for them, help them find the right property managers and really it's a hands-on service for them, a full end-to-end service because many people today, I find they're just they're too busy to do all the research themselves. They're too busy to do all the negotiation and, and whatnot that I think property investing uh, requires uh, in this new decade. Thamie Pillay delves into his success stories that he has experienced with his clients. Now, I'm lucky enough to have a few. So one of the clients I guess I'd love to share is you know, when they came to me, they had both got married recently, but it was a second marriage for both of them. So they'd both been divorced previously. They'd both lost everything as a result of the divorce. Divorce now married. They had a home, uh, had a bit of equity in it, but you know, also had a significant mortgage and they were sort of in the mid to late 40s and were like, you know, they want to invest, but they've lost everything before. So there was a lot of fear around it. They were busy in their jobs trying to get ahead and they just wanted assistance in how to build a portfolio. And I was able to, over the next six years, help them build a portfolio of five investment properties. They were able to pay off their personal mortgage, in fact, the entire mortgage on their home. And... Uh, they just simply, you know, followed the process that we went through. To this day, you know, I think the only 
tip to their wealth is I think they upgraded their cars. But other than that, they live in the same home. They still go to work. Most people would not even know that they have a portfolio that probably places them in the top 1% or 2% of all Australians. He has ultimately allowed a property to grow as the market moves, which is incredible to achieve that kind of success in the investment world. I think property investing is a game of patience. And I know a lot of people say, look, you want to do it quickly. You know, I want to you know, get rich quick. I want to get rich by the end of this year. But in my experience and um, both in terms of clients and my own personal experience, if you try to rush it, if you try to go too quickly, you're going to end up coming to a crash. Uh, you've got to understand it's a game of patience. That doesn't mean you procrastinate. You, know, you want to get into the market whenever you feel you're ready and your cash flow allows it. But then you need to let time is your biggest asset in terms of holding the properties. Throughout Thambi Pillay's property investment journey, his mindset has evidently changed over the years. My why right now is to be an example to my kids and as cliche as that might sound, that for me drives me in everything I do. So it drives me from a level of at age 41, I'm probably in better physical shape than I was in my 20s because I want to be an example in terms of my health. I want to be an example in terms of you know, doing something that I love and, and chasing my dreams. I want to be an example of how you can help others and still achieve your dreams as, as well. So for me, my why there is no doubt about it. anyone who knows me will tell you it, it's my two boys. Thambi Pillay talks about his dreams for his two boys. The age that they're at being six and three, I think they're still very early and just, you know, learning. But one of the things I really want to want to give them is a good financial education, you know, how to manage money, um, you know, the power of, of saving, power of investing as they, you know, have that money, compound interest, uh, you know, rental returns, leverage, those kind of terms that many people who even go into the workforce still are not comfortable with or don't really understand, I'd love to be able to pass that knowledge onto my kids along with maybe some of the mistakes that I've made, like you know, being impatient and taking unnecessary risks and saying that you know, you've got time. There's no need to make a million dollars these days probably by the time you're 18. You've got time on your side and uh, just follow the principles that hopefully I can pass on to them so then they can really go on to achieve their dreams and then certainly achieve their financial goals. He has also come across additional resources and mentors that have helped him throughout his property investment journey. I have been someone who's always understood that I can't have all the answers. If I wait to make all the mistakes myself, I'll be waiting for a very long time. And so I'm very big on having a mentor, whether it's you know in the property investment space, whether it's in you know, having a, a business um, mentor. Uh, and I think sometimes mentors can simply be books and, and courses that people you look up to offer because they've got experience that they've gone through for years, sometimes decades, they've compressed into a book that you can digest in a few days. So I'm very big on reading, very big on, on studying the books that still stay with me are the classics like you know, Think and Grow Rich or The Richest Man in Babylon, which I probably read you know, 20 years ago that I still remember to this day. So I think it's constantly educating yourself and also checking in to see if what is recommended by someone is that right for you because everyone is different. You've got to remember that as well. He divulges the best advice he has ever received from people he met. Know yourself and be true to yourself. I think that, you know, I've often heard be yourself, but then someone has said, no, you can't be yourself until you know yourself. And when I look back at the mistakes that I've made and some that I've shared, it's all because I wasn't willing to accept my true nature, both positive and negative. And none of us are perfect. We all have our flaws, but we also all have our strengths. And I think we just need to double down on those strengths. I always say that when it comes to matters of character, yes, focus on your weakness. But when it comes to matters of achieving your goals, focus and double down on your strengths.
Coming up after the break, we hear about what kind of personal habits Neurothambi Pillay has and how they have contributed to his success in property. I'm always reading about what's going on in the economy. I'm constantly studying. I'm constantly trying to get it simplified for me so then I can understand it better. How the simple act of journaling has not only contributed to his success but his way of thinking. It allows me just to keep a clear head when looking at investment decisions for myself or for clients. And that's next. I'm Taran Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. In order to be successful in his property investment journey, Thambi Pillay has picked up some personal habits along the way to continue to thrive. I think number one, it's um, constantly watching the market. What I mean by that is this, ultimately property prices rising, as I said, is a function of you know, supply and demand and the economy. So I'm always reading about what's going on in the economy. Um, I'm, I'm constantly studying. I'm constantly trying to you know, get it simplified for, for me so then I can understand it better and also explain it to my clients. So I think number one, really getting an understanding of what's going on from an economic perspective so that you don't get caught up in the sentiment, oh, the market's rushing, you've got to buy in now or the market's falling, dump your properties, you know, those kind of short-term trends. I really want to stay one step above that and look at the longer term, what I expect is going to happen and then manage it accordingly. So I think that would be number one is really looking at the economy. Number two is I do a lot of journaling. And although that may not have something directly to do with choosing the right properties, what it does, it brings me back to myself. It centers me. It allows me to look at, you know, my habits, my strengths, my weaknesses, what I'm learning. And it allows me just to keep a clear head when looking at investment decisions for myself or for clients. Journaling has become a way of life for him and he discusses how he does it, whether it be on the computer or writing it out on paper. My attitude is do what works for you. I've tried both and I find that you know computer is fine. I'm also a, a really fast typist so that's another thing that helps. So I would journal pretty much daily. What I will journal is a couple of things. Number one, how I'm feeling. So I really want to get in touch with what's going on for, or going on for me. I'm journaling about key learnings that I've had both as a person and also in the professional space. I'm definitely journaling about what I'm grateful for as well and also the small wins because I think so many of us today, we want to achieve great success. We want to achieve great wealth. Yes, but that's a journey. And if you just keep focusing only on the destination, you can actually end up feeling like a failure because you go, look, you know, I have, for example, maybe you want five properties. You go, look, I've only got one. I've only got one. I haven't got five. You end up reinforcing what you haven't achieved, which can really kill your momentum. And I think I see so many people end up giving up or getting frustrated. But when you focus on the really small wins, you know, about whether you negotiated a deal or you tried something, whatever it is, and you focus on those small wins, as those small wins stack up, your self-confidence rises, uh, you feel better about yourself and you can just stay in it for the longer game. I love that and I was going to ask, where did you learn that from and, and how long ago did you actually start journaling? Very early on, probably about 15 odd years ago is when I first started journaling. At the time, it was quite haphazard, I didn't really know what I was doing but I think whenever you start a new habit, expect to do it badly. So, I would say I started journaling badly but I, I wanted to do it because I, I immediately saw that if I could get stuff out of my head onto paper. I could look at it more objectively, wasn't so caught up in the drama of things. And then over time, I've really sort of fine-tuned it. I always think that, you know, anything you do, you want to keep improving, you want to be in what I call a constant state of progress. Uh, and so for, for me, journaling has become something that I really enjoy and I've kind of added structure to it based on, I guess, things I've read, experiments that I've done. 
But really, ultimately, I guess the end goal of writing in a journal is that you want to feel better about yourself. Thambi Pillay shares his thoughts by writing his own biography with his own journal entries. I used to go back and look at past journal entries. Now I don't, only because I guess, you know, it reminds me of who I used to be and I really want to focus on the person I, I, I am. Um, so I, I guess I've got a lot of journal entries, but they're really, I guess, you know, your private thoughts that just is just for, for, for you really. And the whole thing is, as I said, ultimately it's for having greater clarity of thought, being able to work through maybe personal issues, you know. I mean, I used to work it out, for example, to work out what my passion is, how do I get clear on my purpose. All these things have come for me and I'm always working on getting greater clarity, but they certainly come for me from journaling. I'd say journaling is one of the the best habits that I've um, been able to implement, especially during the tougher times. And I will generally journal at the start of the day. So that's how I'll often start my day before I'm getting to the reading and everything else, or sometimes even just, just after. But I really want to journal at the start of the day. So I want to clear out any kind of stuff that I've got going on for me. I want to get crystal clear on my goals. I do journal about my goals. I journal about the reasons what I'm doing for, doing them for. Um, and so for me, journaling at the start of the day really works very, very well. And at the end of the day, and I don't do this as often as, as I'd like to, but I will go back and journal the end of the day about, you know, just what did I accomplish in the day and what am I really proud about that I achieved and what went my way today, you know, because that's a big thing that I've recently started journaling on is that so many of us focus on, oh, this went wrong or this didn't go my way or this didn't happen as fast as I wanted it to. And we focus on that negativity. And I actively ask myself a question to change my mental focus about what is it that went my way today that I'm grateful for? And it just completely changes your mental focus. And what I find is that by journaling, I then find that because I know I'm going to be journaling, I start actively looking for it about what went my day. And it could be something simple as, you know, someone let me in and and traffic through to maybe something, a bigger thing, but I'm looking for things that went my way. And that just completely changes my mental focus. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, like it wouldn't take long, right? Probably sometimes even 10 minutes, if that, you know, I mean, look, sometimes if I decide to, if I've got some time, I'll start journaling about other things that I'm I'm thinking about and that can take me up to a half an hour, sure. But that's a rare thing. Normally, I think if you can allocate 10 minutes you know, to journal, whether it's a, a writing or computer, whichever you're you know, more um, comfortable uh, with, I think everyone will just get something about themselves and it's a great avenue for, I guess, self-realization, which I think you know, is, is a big part of our journey. If Thambi Pillay had some time to reflect on his past self 10 years ago, we find out what he would have said to himself. I would say, slow down, kiddo. Be patient. You don't have to be in a hurry. It's not about the person who gets the goalpost first. You're running your own race and you've got time. Be patient, get the right guidance and just keep moving forwards at a slow and steady pace. It's the old thing of, you know, the tortoise and the, and the hare. Too many of us forget that hare, you know, in that old Ace of Fable tale, sprinted ahead and then, you know, got distracted and lost the race, whereas the turtle who plotted on ended up winning. I think more of us can certainly be turtles as we go through life. He talks about the future, painting the picture of what is happening for him in the next five years. What I'm most excited about about Property Journey is, I guess, number one, being able to use the experience that I've gleaned now over 18-odd years to help more people, help them avoid some of the mistakes that they've made. And also, I think from my perspective, start my kids on, you know, looking at uh, what property can do for them. I said, you know, playing games like Monopoly and really passing that knowledge on. I guess I've reached a stage where it's not so much about, you know, how much more can I accumulate and all that sort of stuff. No, it's really about, you know, what can I 
share? What can I give? How can I serve? How can I use my experiences to help make other people's lives better? I love this last question. I always ask this is how much of your success do you think is due to your skill, intelligence and hard work and how much of it is because of luck? I would have to say it's a 50-50 split and I think that would be true for almost anybody because you can do all the work and I think you need to, yes, but then, you know, there also needs to be, you know, things need to align. I guess the stars need to align in certain ways and I really believe that going forward that the only thing I can control is my effort. I can only control what I do, my attitude. I cannot control the circumstances. I cannot control what others are doing who may be bidding for the same property, for example, or what others are doing in general. I can only focus on me. So I'm totally a thing of, I guess, success is a matter of both making it happen and letting it happen. Thank you to Nero Thamba PLA, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.